0: Welcome into the Tiger Woods podcast presented by betonline.ag. This is episode 40. I am Cam Rogers, Bridget Whalen alongside as well. And this is the Believe podcast network, the number one podcast network for professionals. We thank you for taking time out of your day or evening to tune into us as we have a lot of golf buzz to talk about. There's Some live action golf coming up this weekend, and then the following weekend, we have Tiger versus Phil, the match, Champions for Charity. We'll talk about both of those events later in this show. By the way, big news dump here about the PGA Tour and what it expects to do in terms of testing and really just containing this virus as we start the PGA Tour season in early June. We'll get to that later in the program as well. And our Wednesday wackiness of the week. You'll want to stick around for that. Hit us up on social media. I'm on Twitter at MrRogers99 and on the gram at MrRogers98. Hit up Bridget on Twitter and Instagram at BridgetK. Waylon, Bridget, welcome into episode 40 of the podcast. How are you doing on this sunny, at least for me, Wednesday?
1: It is sunny here too, and I'm great.
0: Lots to talk about here as we kick things off with, fittingly, Tiger versus Phil, Tiger slash Manning versus Phil slash Brady, the match part two. We have a date, May 24th, 2 o'clock Eastern time, Medalist Golf Club, pre-tournament coverage on the Bleacher Report app. Here is the deal. Four ball on the front, so best ball. Then you have a modified alternate shot on the back. Open mics throughout the competition. And for you bettors out there, betonline.ag, Woods and Manning are minus 175 favorites with Brady and Mickelson at 1%. 50. According to one golf expert, by the way, Brady is at an eight handicap and Manning is around a six. I would actually like to inflate Brady's handicap a little bit because like Manning probably plays more than Brady right now, but that's just me. So you're going to love the banter. You're going to love the coverage. It's going to be a fantastic event. We've said it a million times, Bridget, but it's becoming more and more real as we get closer and Now we have an official date, a start time, of course, the location, that is Medalist. Let's start there. When you heard the news about Medalist, how did you react?
1: Well, first of all, super excited. I just have to say, my favorite part of this whole thing, and I think that we called this, is they're going to be able to not only talk to each other and hear each other, but to commentators, we totally called this.
0: We needed like, it.
1: They're gonna have access. Yes, like Charles Barkley, Shaq. I don't know who's gonna Skype in. I'm so excited. Um, sorry, I just had to get that off my chest. It was like, whew. Uh, I I was a little surprised, just because I I thought that well maybe. I don't know what am I what am I saying? I'm not surprised. It's Tigers, of course. <laughs> <laughs> like I don't know. In I the end, are you? Coming. Yeah. No, I'm not. I mean, it's his home course. Um, he, he is uh, like, I don't care what people say. I'm so uh, like, he is everything. What he says goes in all arenas, especially with something he's involved in. So no, I'm not surprised. Um, and I think it'll be awesome because I don't think we'll have an opportunity to see that course otherwise. So it's cool.
0: It's going to be really interesting to see how Manning and Brady perform. Now, obviously, Bridget, I think Tiger and Manning are rightfully the favorites here because, A, Manning has a lot more time on his hands to practice. I would assume he's better than Brady right now. And, B, Brady is, you know, kind of low-key preparing for potentially an NFL season. So, in that vein, I mean, are you on board with the whole Tiger-Manning as the favorites bandwagon, if you will?
1: Yeah, I mean, I always favor Tiger. I've gotten to Tiger at all times, um, but yeah, I mean, I mean, I don't know. I think Brady's been playing a lot of golf because he moved to Florida, so I don't know about that. But I think that just overall, I I like uh, Woods and Manning together. They're you know, anyone with Tiger is going to be my favorite.
0: I'm really excited about this, and folks, of course, you can check out betonline.ag with all of the betting odds for Tiger and Phil. Check them out, and we'll play a quick recording of some more details about that. All right, guys, I get it. No sports right now. You're stuck at home, but you know what? There is still fun to be had at betonline.ag, and of course, we have the skins match coming up and the match Tiger Woods. And Phil Mickelson going at it, along with Peyton Manning and Tom Brady. You can bet on that and so much more, Big Brother, American Idol, esports, on betonline.ag. Use my promo code MYPOD100 for that deposit bonus. A welcome bonus, if you will, on that initial deposit. So go ahead and hit up betonline.ag. And welcome back to the Tiger Woods podcast. Let's talk about the TaylorMade Driving Relief event that is this Sunday, Bridget, DJ, and Rory taking on Ricky and Matthew Wolf. It's going to be a Skins match, 2 o'clock Eastern time start, Seminole Golf Club. We talked about this last week, so we don't have to go too, too far into it. McElroy and DJ are playing for the American Nurses Foundation, and Fowler and Wolf are playing for the CDC Foundation. The competition will follow strict social distancing guidelines and FDA-approved testing to ensure the health and safety of the golfers and production crew. Now, Bridget, this is not foursomes. This is not four ball. This is... A skins match. What do you make of that? I think that's a nice little tie-in here to this event.
1: Yeah. So I actually did a deep dive on this. <laughs> I mean, I got nothing else to do, right? <laughs> so it's super interesting um, that basically the holes, you know, at the end will be worth the most, right? So like one through six, I think I think is fifty grand. Seven through sixteen is a hundred grand. Seventeenth hole is two hundred, and then eighteenth is Five hundred thousand dollars. Mm. So essentially, it's going to turn into like a battle of um, quality over quantity, you know. Because if you get hot at the end, you, you're you're going to make the most money for charity. So I think it's super interesting. I sort of went into each player, and I was like, wow, this is a really in- now that it skins and that this is the scenario. It's an interesting group of players, in my opinion. So like Rory. Prior to returning to world number one, he sort of became known as, like, a Sunday choker, which is crazy because, no, he's not. But he had, like, kind of choking tendencies, like, as of late until he figured some things out. Dustin Johnson has been known to shoot, like, crazy scores on Sunday when he's, like, been close to the lead or had leads. Like, he's been in the 80s and and made championships. And then Ricky, who used to be known to like thrive under pressure, like remember back when he was voted like most under or most overrated player anonymously, on tour? yeah, yeah, an- by his peers. And then he went and he won the players' championship. So like that was like wow, he really thrives under pressure. But like as of late, like his conversion rate for for leads isn't that great. And I think when he um, he won the you know waste management. That was kind of like, wow, he like finally, he converted something. He did something. I don't really know much about Wolf. But anyway, we'll, we'll take those three guys. And it, I think like Wolf doesn't have that large of a track record for me to sort of make any consensus. Small on like sample
0: what, size, yeah.
1: Yeah, what his pattern of play would be. But I'm like, oh, this is interesting. These guys, like, they're kind of all the type of guys that may have like a random birdie and then may have like a random double bogey. <laughs> like they're all like that. So yeah, like if if Wolf is out there birdieing and Ricky double bogeys, it doesn't matter because like they're gonna take Wolf's score, you know? Right. So I don't know. This is, it's kind of it's weird. Like they're in my mind, those DJ, Rory, and Ricky are like the most notable guys in golf. Like, even though Ricky hasn't won that much, he he's still so notable to to the public, just his persona. Um, so I think it the skins is it's gonna be super interesting. I'm like a little more excited now that it, it is uh skins format. And I saw um to win, you know, the most money, uh I saw that in a lot. Like Ricky and Matt are, are up. So I was like, this is gonna be interesting. interesting yeah yeah you and know it's gonna be a longest drive contest which obviously Ricky and Matt I don't know or do we call Matt do we call him Wolf I don't know what do we Matthew we,
0: maybe I don't even know
1: Matthew I don't know I'm still going with Agent Orange that's that's my team well obviously you have to <laughs> yeah you know, I mean
0: it's a good point though um I'm pretty well versed in like fantasy golf circles too you hear it a lot about Ricky Fowler and how he's notorious for the big number. And you have Dustin Johnson. You think about 2015 at Chambers Bay, the U S open and that putt, I can't believe he missed it. So like these anecdotal episodic memories, if you will kind of pop up in regards to all these guys. So it's a really interesting point. And then you have Matthew Wolf as that X factor in all of this. Here's another question is rust going to be a factor and this question can apply to the match as well you know in terms of practice and readiness to play i would assume everybody is on the same page in terms of getting enough reps before this but do you think rust will be a factor at all
1: i don't think so i think this is so like fun and lighthearted that it's just the parameters are so different um that, and I think they've all been practicing. Right. I, I don't really see, like, rust being an issue, especially because the format is not tournament style, you know? So they're not going to, like, gear up for four days and, and all and like, that pressure. I think that looms on you, that, like, oh, my gosh, I haven't played in so long, and now I have to do, a, you know, if I make the cut, a possible four-day stretch. Like, that – that like looming factor I think is a is a big indicator as to like why rust could sort of become an issue um it's kind of like I'm I'm a runner so when you don't run for a while and then all of a sudden you're like shoot I'm gonna I have to like run 10 miles or something like I have to get back into training like you know back in college days and you get shin splints because you don't want to like rush into something like so much so fast but then it's like eh It's like one day of golf. They like, you know, there's not a lot of looming pressure over their head. It's all for charity. I think the one thing that DJ and Rory have an up on is DJ forgets like everything really quickly. Like it's, you know, water off a duck's back. So I think that'll be really good for Rory because he's such a cerebral dude. I think having DJ be like, eh, whatever, don't care. Like this may actually work in Rory's benefit being paired with DJ. Um, Yeah. So I, I don't know. I I don't think any of them will be affected by Russ, to be honest.
0: I think the team dynamic is really going to be interesting as well. So I will give you the floor here to lay down a prediction, which team (laughs) comes out on top.
1: So like from a betting perspective, it's, like this whole skins format it makes the team golf so unpredictable and the winning team won't necessarily be the one that plays the best golf throughout the match you know it's like the one who has the timeliest birdies to win the larger price skins so I'm gonna go with Agent Orange (laughs) (laughs) I don't know I just feel like Ricky like if he gets on a roll he builds where I feel like Rory and DJ are guys who do well at the beginning but then could sometimes trail off at the end
0: Honestly, I think you're on to something here because I could see DJ and Rory getting really comfortable in the beginning, hot start, but here comes Rory and Matthew and yeah. Ricky, Ricky. (laughs) Or I'm sorry, Ricky and Matthew. Yeah. And you know, it's just like they take the money that is probably or is the most towards the end, right? So you get I that I mean, I
1: think with the heavy hitters like that, Rory and DJ, this had to have been the format, you know, to, to keep, like, some sort of intrigue. Like, I'm yeah. not saying that DJ and Rory were going to blow people out of the park. Like, that's, you know, that's unfair to say. They're all professional golfers on the PGA Tour. Like, they're the elite of the elite, you know. And the range of talent anyone at any given tournament can win nowadays you you know you never go into a tournament like back in tiger's day if he had the first round lead you're like well i don't even want to tune in for the rest of the week because he's gonna win it it's not like that anymore so i give them all the benefit of the doubt but i like agent orange
0: <laughs> all right i think i'm with you i'm going ricky and matthew as well underdogs so take that as what you will folks as you bet on bet online AG All right, let's get into a lot of important information about the return to normalcy here on the PGA tour. We're going to skip ahead here, Bridget quickly to the masters in November and some notes on the broadcasting that's going to happen here on that Sunday final round. There will not be a one o'clock Eastern time CBS NFL game, which is great news for the masters, the tournament, the players. We thought maybe this could be on CBS Sports Network, which is like the lower tiered station for CBS. Not the case. Plus, the Atlanta Falcons are on a bye. Who knows about college football the day before? But Georgia is in good shape here to really make the Masters their centerpiece of that weekend. They will be three 4.05 Eastern Time games on CBS for the NFL, by the way, Ravens versus Patriots that night, which I always enjoy talking smack about to my Patriot fan friends. But Bridget, this was a worry for me about the exposure the Masters was going to get, and it sure seems like we have a big, beautiful window on that Sunday to enjoy.
1: Yeah, I mean, so for us, we're like in this little bubble where golf is the most important sport, (laughs) and I always, have a hard time getting out of that bubble and being like "Hmm, golf is really niche actually so like on the one side you have the nfl the most popular sport in america right like the most important in terms of commercials and and broadcast deal in my opinion
0: nfl is king 100 yeah, percent. yeah
1: it's a king and like on the other side yeah you have the masters and that's pretty much like the crown jewel of golf you know that's like the I mean, that's the Super Bowl, uh, in my opinion, of the golf year. But Augusta National has a lot of powerful people, right? And, like, they don't want to, you know, be second best to anyone. So I don't know if I was surprised um, or if I was just more, like, relieved that, okay, they figured it out. And Jim Nance, yeah, he's the voice of both. And, like, so I'm glad we're going to get to have Jim Nance. I mean, he is the masters, in my opinion. Uh, so I don't know. I, I feel like I saw that this was going to happen. I'm not really learned in like how you go about like deciding who's where or whatever, but I'm glad that they figured it out. And I think ultimately, um, you know, like the masters is, I don't know. It, it, like it needed its place. So I'm glad that they gave it its place. They certainly did answer, but I feel like they, They figured out how to make a less busyness out of this, what's going to be a really busy CBS. (laughs) Oh,
0: absolutely. It's going to be a marathon weekend. That is for sure, especially if college football is on and CBS does an SEC game and all that. So good news. We have our Masters in its own little window there on Sunday. All right, more news about the PGA Tour and the coronavirus. But first, a word from our sponsor. Being Home with Hunker is a podcast where we visit with designers, artists, and creatives in the spaces that express and shape their identities, their homes. If you love design and decor, if you're curious about how people live, or if you've been transitioning or transforming your own home, you'll love these honest conversations. Join us weekly at Being Home with Hunker. Visit hunker.com forward slash podcast where you can find, subscribe, and listen to the show. Welcome back into the Tiger Woods podcast. Cam Rogers with you, Bridget Whalen alongside. A huge report on a memo sent to players obtained by various media outlets, and we're going to provide you guys with the details. Chief among the plan is that COVID 19 testing will be required of players as a condition of competition, similar to that of the organization's drug policy. So, testing protocols include a questionnaire, thermal reading, and nasal swab, or saliva test. Should someone test positive for COVID-19, they will be required to self-isolate for a minimum of 10 days with no symptoms or two negative test results at least 24 hours apart. One anonymous source told Golf digest that this player is very pleased. So that is good to hear that the players are satisfied with these contingency plans here. Each of the first four events will be played without fans. We knew this. Everyone on the property, whether among those tested or not, will be required to complete a questionnaire and receive a temperature screening each day. Of course, social distancing measures will be in place. At a given tournament, you have around 1,100 people on site, roughly 400 of those people will be tested. No family, no agents. Coaches are okay at a social distance. Designated hotels for containment, in-restaurant, local dining, prohibited. A lot to really work through here, Bridget. I'll stop there and maybe we can kind of zone in on testing because that's the most important part. What do you make of the information that we have here?
1: Well, I like that Um, the safety and health of everyone is definitely the top priority. That's um, that was definitely made clear. And I did also read other play anonymously, other players saying that they are very comfortable with it, but I have heard from other people that like, like you can't really control what's going on and, and yeah, they want to get back, but like, it's, it's so iffy. So the testing, um, I think that, like, yeah, you have – I didn't really understand. They said 1,100 typically, but only 400 will be tested. I didn't get that. So so that's not even half. I was a little confused about that. And then I did read that um, only indoor, like, volunteers and personnel will have to wear masks. So when you're outdoors, you don't have to wear a mask. I don't know if I totally agree with that, too, because, like, yeah, you could try to keep your, your six-foot distance, but, you know, there's, there's going to be um, situations where – that's not going to be possible. And yeah, people are going to be tested every day, but it's just like such an elusive thing. That, I don't know. It's, I think they're doing their best. Yep. And I think that by testing them daily, I mean, I don't think there was any way, other way to do it. Um, I think the temperature is just precautionary. I don't think that that's an indicator because as we know, some people who have tested positive for COVID never presented a fever. But I do think doing um, the nasal swab, uh, definitely is, is going to be, uh, you know, you, that's, you have to do that. So I, I like that. I also, I read that, um, they are probably going to be chartering flights. So basically all of the players and caddies will be traveling together, which that was a big issue for you and I, how are, you know, travel is, is such like, to me, travel is, is the most, um, scary factor in all of this because i feel like that's where players and and caddies would be most susceptible to picking up COVID. so i like that idea that they're all going to try to keep them contained in transportation um it's crazy like imagine did you ever think 2020 like we're gonna have to all get on the same air or i mean maybe it won't be the same i don't know but all get on Yeah, all get on one aircraft and go from location to location. Now, granted, they're all going to have to get to the first location, right, on their own. And I saw today on Ricky Fowler's Instagram story, you know, he was getting on the wheels up jet because I assume he's quarantining in California and he has to travel down here. Um, But I'm like, well, not everyone has access to net jets, right? Yeah. So you are going to have guys who come to that initial location might be on a, probably will be, a lot of them will be on commercial flights. And yes, you're going to test them, but like, I don't know, maybe COVID doesn't show up for two weeks. You could present symptoms 10 days later, this, 10 days later, they said. So th- that initial event is uh, like, to me, it's going to be, um, the bear of this all like this is going, this is the undertaking and they're, I think they're going to go ahead with it and, and it's going to happen in June and um, they're going to do their best. But is there a really high possibility that there's like an errant player who picks it up somehow? Yeah. It's like, <laughs> it's like 10 out of 10.
0: Yeah. I'm you know? with you. I am so with yeah, you. Like
1: I, it's just so like, it's, it's an invisible enemy. And now hearing that you have to um, self-quarantine in, in that location, like that is, that's really overwhelming for me. I don't know why I, I have a weird, um, like, I'm okay with being told, Hey, you know, you have to stay inside in the comfort of your own home in, or whatever, in your apartment. Like, having to quarantine in, well, obviously they know they're going to be in Texas, but you know, just having to quarantine in some other state in some other location, that's not your own, obviously you're away from your family because they're prohibiting families coming to these events. It's just, it's a lot for me to conceptualize. And granted, I'm not like, this isn't my livelihood. I, I don't typically travel week to week. So like I'm coming from a totally different perspective. And I understand that. I just feel like that's such it's, it's a lot like these players who are going to decide and and to choose to um, basically you're foregoing your rights. I mean, for the health and safety of not only yourself, but others, but yeah, you're, you're, this is strange. This is very strange. And I think that the players who do um, decide to uh, partake in these first uh, few events that are fanless or or whatever, you know, down the road, it's, at some point, it's all strange. If you don't participate in the first few, then the fifth, you know, event granted, if it all goes as according to plan that goes on and that's your first, that's your first experience, you know? So it's across the board, it's super strange. And it's, it's a lot of thought that's going to go into this. Like the no family on site for me, I think is huge for a lot of players because they take their families everywhere with them. And that's like, support you know it's it's just all around weird to me um and the restrictions it's I think that players and caddies I I don't know if you could prepare yourself for what you're going to partake in and I know that like the mini tour right now in Scottsdale is going on and and I've seen pictures like Alan Shipnook put some pictures up on um Twitter yesterday after the first round and they are social distancing but it's weird like the or like he even said it himself the aura around the whole thing is just, it's a little off. Like it's a little strange. And that's just kind of the new normal for the time being.
0: I will note the memo at the end reads, we will not play if we do not feel we can provide a safe and healthy environment for all constituents involved. So the theme of all of this obviously is keeping everything about the PGA Tour operation inside its own bubble. But like you mentioned, Bridget. This is an absolute Mount Everest type of uphill climb, and could there be fallout from this? Honestly, yeah, and trust me, I'm Mr. Positive. I don't like to go down this path, but think about all of the factors, everything that's being touched, everything that really just goes into a PGA Tour event, and I know it's scaled down, but still, you're inside, you're outside, you're touching car handles. I mean, It's literally, I think, and I'm no medical expert, impossible to be 100% foolproof that you will not contract, infect the coronavirus in any way, and it's just one of those things where, okay, at what point does Jay Monahan cut his losses and say, yeah, we might have a couple positives, but you know what? We need to bring golf back to the world. Is it June? June? Or is it August? Or is it November? For now, it's June, but that could, of course, change. And I just worry, Bridget, that there could be some sort of PR fallout if this just all goes to poop, if you will, with the Schwab. And of course, the PGA Tour can pull the plug whenever it wants, but... At the same time, just think about the damage that that would do, even if they did have to pull the plug after one week. You know what I mean? And I get it. It's an experiment. We're all working through this together, and we're all having these important dialogues. But June just still seems like a really difficult task, and I still give Jay Monahan and the PGA Tour a lot of credit for trying to put substantive scheduling information out there. But man, I mean, and Bridget, uh, tell me if I'm being Mr. Johnny Raincloud, but this is going to be difficult.
1: Yeah, I mean, you could have every effort be put into place, and there's still a really high probability that something will go awry. Um, And should someone test positive um, for COVID-19? I think that since they have the tour and, and the tournament, I think that they have a substantive plan in play like where they would provide support through the isolation and they would you know do everything um sort of to get that player over the hump the the 14-day hump per se makes me think that I don't think there will be PR fallout because I think that they already have that substantive substantive pl- plan in play so like that to me is kind of like the most positive of everything because that's The scariest thing to say, like, if you do test positive, here's what will happen. And now that they've said that, I'm like, okay, so they anticipate, I mean, and rightfully so, like we just said, like, there's no way that you could, you could keep everyone in this bubble, which you called it, but now that they have a a plan of action for that I'm like all right well now like that this is on like if someone gets it like they're in isolation and and that's it and you're locked down and play goes on and and it's kind of like that thing like the show must go on like even in a time like this which may be a little irresponsible to say but someone's you know some sport is gonna have to get out and try something right like and what other social distance sport other than golf is it, yeah. really the right um, sort of the right arena to to do that in? I I just think the players and the caddies who are going to subject themselves to these first few tournaments are now sort of in the know of of what they basically. What will be in their future. And I think that that is like kudos to Jay Monahan for doing that. Honestly, that's a really hard thing to do, especially like you may have players who say, like, well, I don't like that. And it's like, okay, well, that's what we're doing. And players did come out and say, like, I do feel really comfortable with this. And great. That's great for him. I think for a lot of people, which is why quarantine has been probably more stressful than, say, like, you know, a hurricane or a blizzard, is there's no end in sight, right? Like people like a tangible sort of end. It's just like how our brains work. Like they want a date, yeah. Yeah, like we're natural planners. We're natural routine people. So to know that there's this plan and that like, hey, this, if A, B, C happens, here's the consequence. Or like if A, B happens and here's what C is, I think that having that in their brain, like, okay, well, there's a plan for that. There's a plan for that. I think that that calms people down. And then it makes people more readily in a mindset to sort of go ahead with doing something. So like, I really respect him for, for, um, for putting that out there and for basically having like, not only the testing protocol, but you know, if for, for like, God forbid someone does contract it, here is what we have. Here's the plan that we have in place. So I don't know. I think they've really, they've outlined like this series of health and safety regulations very well, in my opinion. And, and I, living in Orlando, we're in phase one and, and things are like kind of picking up. Like, um, I mean, it's more, you know, like outdoor dining and stuff, but things are getting back to like some semblance of normalcy. So I do see it going on in June. It's four weeks out, but I don't know. I, I think it um it was like a 37-page document, I think. I think that it's it's definitely uh leading me to believe that it will happen in June I like say that so hesitantly I'm like
0: it's almost it's weird to say, go right?
1: I was like we're not gonna play golf in 2020 <laughs> and I'm like the 37 page document seems that <laughs>
0: according so, to my calculations
1: yeah yeah I don't know I think competition I do think it'll take place next month I really do now
0: cool well hey you know what a big question I had before this memo came out was just how far are players willing to go in terms of restrictions before they just say, you know what, forget it. I'm not doing this. Excuse me. And it seems like they're all pretty much satisfied according to all the anonymous reporting out there. So it's good to hear that they are on board with it because yeah, you mentioned it, no family, no entourage, really. A lot of these players have their crew, if you will, that travels with them to every tournament. So we'll see what happens. Of course, things can change within the next couple of weeks, but we are shooting for the Charles Schwab as the restart here for the PGA Tour season. Let's wrap up the Tiger Woods podcast with a little Wednesday of wackiness, and we're going to start with the four-way conference call, if you will, among Manning, Tiger, Brady, and Phil to get you guys set for The match, Champions for Charity. Ernie Johnson was the host of TNT there. And look, Bridget, it's kind of not fair for Phil because if you just compare the accolades between him and Tiger, Tiger beats him out in every sense of imagination. But Phil did cherry pick a couple things. The picture of Tiger putting the green jacket on Phil and of course the trophy from the match of 2018. And Bridget, what does Tiger do in response?
1: He wears his green jacket as a Snuggie.
0: And looks fantastic doing
1: it. Like the most, maybe not the most expensive, but the most prestigious Snuggie on earth. (laughs)
0: Literally, and... Just looks so comfortable as he should be because he has multiple versions of that. So
1: the more I see of Tiger, really, the more I love him. When he was like, it was a little chilly. It was a little chilly, you know, yeah, a little chilly in there. I'm like, this. He's, he really is a. He is a dad. He like makes a lot of funny dad jokes, which I don't know. With the evolution of Tiger, I'm into it. Like this totally. is his next phase. Yeah, and I like it. So take it as you will. I like Dad Joke Tiger.
0: (laughs) Just something that popped into my head, Bridget, but maybe at some point down the line, we see Tiger Woods in the broadcast booth at the announcer desk, something, maybe. I don't know.
1: I mean, I would love that. I think with this whole golf TV partnership, affiliation, domination, dictatorship, whatever you want to call it, (laughs) Um, I think that that is uh, kind of like his outline for like hey one day this will be my thing and I'm still gonna be a big voice in golf
0: speaking of the uh, PGA Tour schedule as well let's talk about the Ryder Cup and Bridget you found this Brooks Kepka saying he won't play if this event is fanless and Rory McElroy said something similar earlier in the spring look it doesn't make any sense at all to do a fanless Ryder Cup. So I'm with Brooksy on this.
1: Yeah, me too. I think that that's just like such a different type of event. And the fandom is like, I don't know, you know, at a typical PGA Tour event, you say that players are playing against the course, not against other players. At the Ryder Cup, you're kind of playing against the fans. So I think that it's a huge um, part of the Ryder Cup format and energy. And I mean, I don't know. I don't think if fans aren't allowed on site that it'll go ahead as planned. And I think most all players would agree that that's sort of that's what makes it the Ryder Cup is that energy. That's like a huge dynamic in that event.
0: And you know what? If we have to punt to 2021, I think that's okay. We have a f- pretty much jam-packed fall as it is.
1: Yeah. I mean, and anyway, keep in mind that if we have to bring it to 2021, well, we're going to get one also the following year. So whatever.
0: Yeah. Double dip of the Ryder Cup. Yeah. Why not?
1: Like- we're not, you're not missing out here. It's gonna happen. It's just let's make it happen in the best way possible, in my opinion.
0: All right. Well, hey, folks, guess what? You have live golf to enjoy this Sunday, two o'clock Eastern time, TaylorMade Driving Relief on NBC. Enjoy that. More coverage for the match coming up next week as well. This is the Tiger Woods podcast. I am Cam Rogers. She is Bridget Whalen. We thank you for tuning in, and we'll chat with you next week.
1: See you later. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform.